Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. This is the Athletic Football Show. The Athletic Football Show is presented by State Farm. Because like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Get a quote today. Welcome to the Athletic Football Show. Today's Friday, January 21st. I'm Robert Mays. Joining me today is my good friend Nate Tyson. Nate, how you doing, buddy? Two parts. I'm, I'm loving this. I, I love it because we get to spread our wings. We get to actually talk about these things. And we're not just like one of us, usually me, starts rambling. And you're like, okay, okay, next one, next one. <laughs> I have to get to the next game. This is great because we actually get to dive into all these angles. I, I, You said it yesterday. It is the best weekend. Like all these games are awesome. Like even just going over them, like there's so many cool like little meta storylines and matchups that are going to just be so like fired up about. This is it. This weekend is football paradise. There's no reason not to <laughs> lean into it. We might as well. I mean, I even putting together the kind of the last finishing bits of my outline of my notes this morning, I was like, this is, this is great. <laughs> like, yeah. I just I'm so excited. And there's so many aspects of this that are going to be so fun to dig into. So Shield, unfortunately, is not feeling well. So he is not going to join us for picks this week. We still have his picks. So we will run through those very quickly <laughs> at the end of this. Spoiler alert. You're in deep shit. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to the bad. season-long competition. But God. we have a lot to dig into before that. Let's start with Rams Bucks. And when we kind of intro these games, I just kind of like to think about how we got here. Where are we now? You know, what does this mean? What's at stake for these teams? And for the Rams, especially, you know, they're going into this game. And I don't want to lose sight of what this means to this team in this moment because you don't want to discount this, how sustained the success has been under McVay, right? They've made the playoffs four times in five years. They've been a very good team. 
they deserve the benefit of the doubt when it comes to how much they can keep this up and the core that they have built there with Donald and Ramsey mm-hmm. and Cup and Woods and just that group of guys. But at the same time, and just how many people want to play there, you know, that yeah. they've been an <laughs> right. attractive place for guys. I mean, that, that's how you keep this stuff going, right? But at the same time, they made these moves to do this right now. I mean, you're yes. tweeting out Teddy KGB gifts halfway through the year when you're going out and trading for Von Miller. It, despite <laughs> the ending of what happens of in that movie, which, you know, that, that point aside, they've done this to win right now. They are all in. Whitworth yeah. is 40. Von Miller's yeah. a free agent. Brian Allen and Austin Corbett are free agents. Darius Williams is a free agent. They're up against the cap next year. They can make some moves as they always do. You borrow from like the bank of Aaron Donald again. Their draft picks are dust you know, by design. And so how you come to this moment, and th- they wanted to do it this year. You could feel it. They thought they mm-hmm. could. And now <laughs> they go up against just the eternal the boogeyman in moments like this. I mean, guess what? McVay's been to one Super Bowl. Who did he lose to? Tom yeah, Brady. Tom it Brady. wasn't the best <laughs> offensive performance for New England, but that final drive when they're sitting there running Hoss wide juke play. out of empty yeah. one play over and over and over again, that's what you have to deal with. That's the monster at the at the end of the tunnel. That, that is the boss at the end of the video game. And now he's back. And God, I love that. <laughs> There's just <laughs> something so poetic and beautiful about that that we have reached this moment again. That's uh, funny. It, it's it's in video games that you can give them different, you know, character skins, like different outfits. It's like, yeah, we just gave the final boss a, a different. That's all we did. <laughs> we just gave him a different outfit to wear. And it's like, it's still the same guy. He still has the same moves. God, this is going to be terrifying. This is going to be so exhausting. And that's, that's exactly it though. You just break down what the Rams are. You're like, this is their window. Like we knew this and, and now they have to, this is the playoffs. This is what they want to get to. And they say, we have stars and we're going to be able to win these games. So it's like, now it's prove it. Like you, you can't get a, you're not going to get an advantageous matchup every week of the playoffs. You know, sometimes you do, but really it's going to be hard in this NFC. Like, you know, no matter what, who they faced in week one, it was, or week one wildcard weekend. It's going to be something, you know, now they've faced this and they faced the defending Super Bowl champions, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I am, God, I am just so curious in this game. Like, how these teams attack each other. Like it, it, that's like it, it, we're going to talk about both sides of the ball, but just like there's so many strengths on these teams, but just like a glaring weakness on each unit. Like where it, it's like, okay, does the other team exploit that? Or are they able to cover it up? So like, even like you said, you're just diving in and breaking it down. Like I just kept adding stuff to the, to my notes. Cause I was like, Oh, <laughs> we can maybe, they can maybe do that. And then I just write a little note. Oh, Third down, yeah, they might do that. Okay, right, no doubt. But it's like it's so cool. That's what makes it so fun. Uh, like especially with defenses that are both being played in this game, that can kind of twist how they want to do things. They can turn the dial just a little bit on how they want to do things. So, okay, what flavor do they bring to the table? It's it's this is a great game between two teams. I mean, the Bucks are more or less. I would say they're all in, but this is how they're currently constructed. They're an older team. This by design. Yeah, so they're like also the, possibly near the teams. end of the yeah. road here. I mean, yep. you look yep. at it, the money they had to move around. I mean, these yep. are real windows. Tom Brady's forty-four years old. He's <laughs> playing pretty much as well as he ever has, which is true ever. insanity. But at the end, you still have to think about that. You still have to think about the age across this roster. It's an old roster, and it's an expensive yep. one. 
So this is yep. the moment for both of these teams. Very quickly, before we dig into both sides of the ball, just injuries to think about because yes. they are a storyline when it comes to this game. Obviously, we know Godwin is gone. We're going to dig into that later because that creates kind of a fascinating potential yep. on that side of the ball with what the plans might be. Jensen and Wirfs, Ryan Jensen the center, Tristan Wirfs the right tackle, both, both missed practice on Thursday. Something to keep an eye on, right? I mean, that's we have all this faith in Brady, rightfully so. But as it starts crumbling around you, yep. you need to do more. And we're potentially getting to that point. Even if Wirfs can play, you know, the high ankle sprain coming off in one it's, week, how yep. close is he to 100%? Those are the things we have to consider. I don't think Andrew Whitworth practiced on, on uh, Thursday as well. He obviously will get some rest time in general because – He's a 40-year-old left tackle, which is insane in its own right. But that's something to monitor. You know, if yeah. he is banged up, I can't believe he escaped major injury on that play oh, early God, in the right. game against the Cardinals getting rolled up on. So, I mean, when you're all pro-level tackles are banged up coming into a game like this, just have to mention that off the top. All right. Yeah. Let's get into what we feel like are the most interesting aspects of the Rams offense playing against the Bucks defense. My first thought after watching that, Eagles game. Obviously, this is a different beast playing against yeah. Stafford, McVay, the Rams. But the Bucks defense is healthy now, you know, which mm -hmm. is so huge because you look at it. They're 12th in defensive DVOA, weighted defensive DVOA this season. But they've been banged up all year. You know, David missed five games. JPP missed five. Barrett and Dean missed two each. Winfield missed four. Carlton Davis missed seven. Murphy Bunting missed half the season. And you Jeez. watch them against the Eagles last week, and it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about these Here guys. We go. <laughs> forgot about these guys. Yeah, it's good to see these guys back. I miss these guys. This is a different challenge, but it's nice to see them at full strength. And honestly, or close to full strength. And honestly, that's been a nice part of these playoffs in general. We just ran through some of the injuries yeah. that are currently happening with these guys, and hopefully they get on the field. And you know, you miss a Trey White. You know, there are guys that are out for the season, Godwin, but for the most part. We are looking at depleted rosters at this stage of the game. If anything, some of these teams are getting star power back, and you mm -hmm. love that. You love at this stage. It's divisional round weekend. Let's see these guys pretty much with their full arsenal, and that's where the Bucks are right now, except for the crumbling injuries on offense. But at least on defense, they're back where they want to be. I know. It's like as soon as they were, you know, I mean, the offense was kind of feeling themselves the whole year, but it was like, okay, we found our new iteration. Okay. All right. Now the defense, they get banged up. All right. Now the defense gets healthy. Yeah. And that's what you want to see in the playoffs. You want to see good on good. You want to see the best of the best versus the best of the best. Uh, this, I'm really curious. I, I, this is my one prediction that I think will hold true about the Ra uh, Bucks defense versus the Rams offense. I think the Bucks defense will play a lot of two man. And I, I, that is just something Todd Bowles has shown in the past. But it's the one thing, it's the, the little different flavor than they show against Jalen Hurts. Stafford is not going to scramble. He just, that is not his game. That is, he wants to operate from the pocket. He can create a little bit out of structure, but he wants to, he wants to knife you. He wants to use his arm talent to make the big plays. So now I'm curious is, I know it's going to be a little different flavor. How do the Rams go about that? We could see a lot of those bunch and stacks, especially on passing downs, second longs, and third downs. That's when you're going to see this two man. Um, are the Rams? They love doing this empty set where they'll have the running back and the tight end and close splits near the tackles. We talked about this earlier in the year. They've kind of leaned back into it on passing downs, going into empty sets, having the running back, tight end near it, close splits, and they chip help the tackles. If Whitworth is banged up, 
I think we're going to see a lot of chip help. <laughs> think, yeah. If they, if, 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 even if it's what we're banged up, they're going to help them out just a little bit. Sometimes they don't have to, but I think they're going to lean into it this game just to give them, give them a little, little juice uh, uh, there on the outside because this Bucks defense can really get after you. And what that, what they like to do, they play like a very aggressive version of this two man, especially um, uh, uh, with White, uh, the linebacker, on the running back. If the running back is ever in pass protection, he's going to add on and try. Yeah. He basically muddle rushes it. He just pushes the pocket. He's like, I'm fast enough to recover if if this guy releases on the route, or I'm going to press onto the quarterback. So I just, I really see the Bucks really leaning into that throughout the game on every type of passing down, which is going to be. They did it a little get, a bit against the Eagles, but last year they really leaned into it throughout the entire playoffs against. Mahomes. It's what they, it, they found themselves while running it. If they found they like this attitude and style defensively yes. that really fit what they needed to be down the stretch, I totally agree. And yes. Because you look at it, I think if they play the way we typically see the Bucks defense play, stylistically, the matchup favors the Rams. It's just yep. period. I mean, you look at it, the Bucks play out of a single high shell on 62% of plays, according to Next Gen Stats this year. It's the fourth highest rate in the league. Top five in box heaviness as well. 38% blitz rate, which is the second highest rate in the entire league. That's not how you beat this team. It's the opposite of how you beat this team, right? We've seen how if you... Put extra bodies in coverage if you don't give Stafford the chance to burn you when you bring extra blitzers. Because, right, I was shocked to see this. More EPA generated against the blitz this season, Matthew Stafford, than any quarterback since 2016. Total EPA. Really? And that's why the Cardinals, and and when you watch what the Cardinals did last week, it felt like they they were like, we need to do something. Something. It was a disaster. Seven of nine for 148 when blitzed. And so the Bucks scale it down a little bit yep. when they played the Rams. I think it was like 25% of snaps, which is not close to their season not, average. Yep. But they still struggled. The Rams did such a good job of kind of finding shot plays even against that, those more static zone defenses. So I'm wondering if the Bucks are looking at that and being like, listen, if we can't get home with four because our pass rushers are still banged up and they're going to be able to hit chunk plays on us because he has all day to sit there in the pocket, do we need to bring pressure? Do we need some form of, of aggressiveness? And maybe it is via some sort of two-man approach. But yeah. if you're going to just say, all right, this is what we do. This is what they do. That standard operating procedure on both sides, in my opinion, favors the Rams. We've already seen that once this year, right? Yep. And Jamel Dean went out early in that game. They're playing D Delaney at corner. But the bigger issue for me in that game with some of the chunk plays the Rams hit, they were picking on the safeties. Double moves. They had the de- the dig and go yep. to Deshaun for the long touchdown. They had another double move to Deshaun that Stafford just missed at one point in the game. Yep. They feel, I think McVay feels like he knows how to bend that defense based on the typical zone coverages they play. So I think if you watch that game from week three, I believe it was, another week three rematch, if you watch that game and you're Todd Bowles, I, I feel like you have to come into this saying, we can't do this again. He's got the answers to the test. Yes, and that's with with Bulls's coverage when he runs uh, static coverage. A lot of his kind of quarter shells or even the single high stuff they have. Well, single high he'll spot drop, which I think is suicide against Stafford because that's like, oh, he's gonna be like, oh my god, it's like rookie year. I I, I haven't I haven't seen this stuff since like two thousand nine. This is great. But <laughs> but the, some of the quarter some of the quarter stuff they do, they like to in and out a lot of guys where it's basically uh, uh, bracketing guys in a sense, like one and two. If this this guy breaks out, 
okay, I'm taking over. This guy brings in with the safety. So like if they run their little quarter shell, they like to do that. And that's why you saw all those double moves as well. Yeah, because safety's coming it, down hard. Hard. <laughs> and one of the best moves you can do is it, like a just a pump. Like that's what I'm, I'm curious more teams haven't leaned into this, by the way. Sidebar is with more and more of these quarters match coverages. That That's why I call him as an offensive guy. The Fangio coverages is that <laughs> <laughs> this is how it's four match to me. Four match cut. I, I make it, I bucket it very simple, but is getting taking advantage of those safeties driving. And like, hey, if you want to in and out our, our X receiver, our singled up receiver, okay, this guy breaks in. Okay, no, we're going to run a double move. Um, OBJ had one, I, I want to say, against the Packers, wasn't it? Or, but the little sluggo at the end of the game. Yeah. The Rams did. So maybe Just think about all those that. backside digs. Think about all the yes. backside digs. And oh, yeah. what is the natural progression from that? It's that dig and go we saw Deshaun score on. And yep. if you, so let's see what happens. Sean Murphy Bunting was limited to practice on Thursday. He did not okay. play last week. Him not playing last week sent Antoine Winfield into the slot. That yep. makes whatever two high safety well. shells you're going to play. <laughs> he played great. But now your safeties, if it's Mike Edwards and I believe Jordan Whitehead who will be back there with Winfield walked into the slot, Mike Edwards is not Antoine Winfield back there, right? I mean, no. that's what you're hoping. It's like, all right, if we start to – if you move every guy down one notch, what does that do to a pass defense? So even if you get – Dean and Davis back, can they exploit that aggressiveness on the back end if people are going to drive on that stuff the same way they did early in the season? And if Antoine Winfield's running two man as opposed to bringing all those slot pressures like he did against the Eagles last week, which was great. They were able, I mean, then they blitz it like over 40%. It was something 40%. Right? 40%. Yeah. Like, okay. So Antoine Winfield's one of those guys. He's, he's a great player, so heady. But now if he's two man and he's the slot, he's going to have to be covering maybe Cooper Cup if they've. In and out, if they motion them into inside, uh, might be on Van Jefferson. It probably won't be on OBJ because they like to have him outside. But it's that's not where you want to live with Antoine Whitfield. It's like he can get it done, but like maybe, but you might see a bunch of outbreakers against Antoine Whitfield, and you'll just see thirty-one chasing it. You know, trying to go. Oh shit, I, I couldn't keep up with Cooper Cup on that one. But that's gonna be a fun matchup as well. Um, I'm really curious too, and uh, we're talking pass game right now, but the run game as well of the Rams like that is I mean that just it, it, last week especially with Cam Akers which still is just so remarkable the last two weeks I should really say um it's it's really just seeing this run game again with the Rams and seeing like explosives it's not eight yard gains it's 12 it's not four yard gains it's 10 and it's like you could feel some juice coming from that game and coming from that game from their run game and it's like now it's a I wouldn't say just like hitting singles for them now they can hit some doubles and it just makes their passing game breathe a little bit. Now it's third and three. Now it's we're moving the chain, and we don't have to use up all of our pass plays. The Rams don't run a ton of pass concepts. That's one of the craziest things about it. It's actually kind of funny. Bucks don't run a ton of defenses, like as far as variations of coverage and everything, and the Rams don't run a ton of concepts. They'll just they – just, he knows how to window dress and motion it and do all that fun stuff. So it's kind of funny, like – Who's going to break first? Like who's going to throw some like little like gimmicky stuff in there? Probably the Rams. But it, <laughs> but it's <laughs> with this run game though, like I am I am fascinated how that holds up too. Just like last week we were talking about the Eagles versus the Bucks. Who's going to pop first? How are the Rams going to get it? Who are they going to try and abuse? The Bucks have two very very good linebackers. And now we're going to see how are they going to put them in strains? Are they going to go side to side with them? Are they going to run at them? Are they going to try to boot them to death? I'm so curious how they're going to go go about that. believe the Rams used their highest motion rate of the season the first time these two teams played. So they've tried to use a lot of window dressing the last time. Yeah. And I could see that happening again. 
And one of you know, you look at the Bucks' run defense, right? We've talked about this in the past. And the numbers really bear this out. They are not good at defending the run outside the it's, tackles, right? Like yeah. relatively, it is a weakness of theirs. And the Rams, with some of those motions, with some of those actions, they can get the ball on the edge. You know, mm-hmm. that is at its core what this offense was built to do. Even if they've <laughs> kind of strayed from the purest version of it, especially <laughs> this year. But you know, we know they have those elements to them within this offense so yes man i mean just so much to chew on that's the thing. I, it's like both of them can get to things and it's like which one do they get to like that's like both of these units i mean and that's what's like what are the rams lean into like that's what i'm ah oh, like i'm passing downs are they going to drop back like or are they just gonna go no we're gonna be methodical against this run defense like that's that's what i'm curious as well like it, it's Man, it's such a cool stylistic matchup, and especially with the star power that both teams have, both units have. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big juicy investment. That's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. All right, let's get to the other side of the ball here. Also a lot to dig into. First thing that jumps out to me, when we discuss the idea of corner shadowing wide receivers, it's usually bullshit. Like it's not a yeah, real right. thing. It's not how we teams love it, approach <laughs> each other. It's not the, the the overall approach or the strategy that teams will follow. In this case, it could very well be real because we have seen it before. You know, last time when these two teams played last year, Evans, according to Next Gen Stats, Ramsey shadowed him on twenty eight of twenty nine outside routes. Right. Okay. So when he was outside, he followed him the whole time. This year. Jalen Ramsey has not really done that because he's played so much more in the slot. But since their bye, he's been an outside corner for the most part. And now if you're watching this, and especially if you go back and watch the earlier game this year and the ways that the Bucs tried to use Evans against some of those other corners, in my mind, it's like, just put him on him. Like yeah. when you're thinking about the other receiving options they have, Cyril Grayson is hurt. Rashad <laughs> Perryman is hurt. So who else are you worried about? Yeah. If if they're gonna and they they went after those other guys last last time these two teams played whether it was Long or Darius Williams every single time one of those guys essentially was outside on Mike Evans one on one they went after him it's five of six tar- five catches on six targets for seventy four yards against those guys in week three so why <laughs> wouldn't you just say Jalen even if he goes into the slot follow him into the slot because that's what the Bucks did last week to get him away from Slay they kept putting him in the slot and he was yep. going to work. So it yep. just feels like if you think about the resources the Rams have and what the Bucks defense or offense has right now, I want Jalen Ramsey on Mike Evans the entire game because I'm not letting him beat me. A million percent. And it's so I had such a funny note too. That's kind of similar to what you said. It said 
we actually might see a shadow, like a real shadow coverage right now, because that's where, where does he align? And it's like, well, probably where Mike Evans is, because exactly like you said with the Eagles game last week, it was like, Brady knew where his bread was buttered in that game. He knows who his best receiver is right now, his best passing target. He's like, okay, where's 13? Can I get it to 13? Okay, no. All right, then I'll find out another throw going But from that's there. always it. And that That is the order of operations. Can I get it to yep. 13? If not, then what? Yep, and then I'll figure out. I'll read out the middle of the field and run a high-low. And, like, that's really what the offensive strategy is for the Bucs as far as the passing game. And that's the thing. is, So if Ramsey takes that and he does an admirable job against – pretty much anybody that's why he's Jalen Ramsey he moves around it's where does Brady find the weakness and what we know and I know I make jokes about Troy Reader and everything but Tom Brady loves those middle high lows he loves to run uh, drag concepts I'm sorry drive concepts with a crosser and a dig behind it a basic dig again that's a middle <laughs> middle run dig it's called a basic but running that concept that's exactly where the weakness of this Rams defense is. It's the interior, the spine, the safeties yep. are beat up. Troy Reader's not the greatest player, even if he got he got a nice pressure in the last game. But put him in a bind. And that's where, you know, the Tyler Johnsons of the world, the Gronks of the world, they have to step it's up. It's a big Gronk game if Mike Evans doesn't do anything. Gronk they game. need a big Gronk game if if Ramsey shadows Evans or just in general, I think they need a big game from Gronk. Huge. All those all the the running backs, you know, the Joe Bernards of the world, like they that it's kind of what it was last week a little bit, but it's like that's where I think that's going to get spammed. And I think if the Rams, like really, it's who blinks first, like because Tom Brady is a quarterback that's willing to take those six yarders, like he's willing to just hit it underneath, hit it underneath. And man, as a defensive coordinator, that could go like, he, man, fuck this. Like, you know, I'm tired <laughs> of this. It's like getting run on. Like, I mean, it really is. We talked about that. It's like it's an extension of the run game, like it's a forward run game for them. So I, I, that's what really this pass game is going to turn into. All right, is Ramsey on Mike Evans? Okay, we have Mike Evans in the slot. Is Ramsey in there as well? Okay, boom, no. Is he outside? Yeah, he's probably going to travel. Do we like this concept with him? Uh, probably not. Okay, we're going to work the interior high lows. Might see a lot of Tyler Johnson, Gronk, and uh, Gio Bernard. A little triangle in the middle <laughs> going on for the Bucks offense. On the running game side of this, last time these two teams played, the Bucks could not run the ball. They had a 27.3% success rate on the ground oh. 2.69 yards per carry and if you watch it the rams weren't doing anything crazy right it's the stuff we normally see from them but three guys crammed inside the tackles yep. and they were playing their base five-man front and the yep. bucks were running a ton of duo and when there are no double teams to be had it's really hard to run the ball like that so i just yep. feel like against those sorts of fronts the rams play they're gonna have to lean into some gap scheme runs where yes. they're getting guys on the move and just any sort of counter punch, literally counter, you can throw at the way the Rams like to play up front. I think they have to do that because if they're going to try to run downhill with them again, I mean, even without Sebastian Joseph Day in there, Greg Gaines has played well. Ashawn Robinson is playing very well. I mean, they still have the bodies to give you trouble there. So I want to see something different from the Bucks' run game because what they leaned into last time just was not working. And it makes sense that it wouldn't work. Yes, and... The Bucks, the Arians and Leftwich, they really like three run plays. And uh, we talked about this last last offseason or last uh, playoff run for the Bucks. It's rock, paper, scissors. It's duo, split zone, inside zone, or weak side zone. And they like to run out of hip formations. They run, they like it's not very sexy. Like that's that's what's so funny about the Arians offense. It is it's is kind of sexy because it's so vertical, but then the run game is just kind of the like, run game is not. The run game is not, not. it's it's the opposite it's very, of watch, like watching a Shanahan offense. Think, 
it's what you think Bruce Arians would have his run game as. It's just like it's cut and dry. It's right at you. It's like this is exactly what it is. But what you've brought up before is that all the change-ups that they usually throw are freaking awesome. The toss, like, you know, the Jeep holes, the counters, like that, because it's you're not ready for them. The toss plays are great. And I think you might see that with toss plays is getting to the outside. And, you know, they don't have a ton of speed at the running back position, but it's, you know, they can get these guys out there. Von Miller against Tristan, if Tristan works on a high ankle sprain, a high ankle sprain is like a, what's so weird about it is after a couple of weeks, you feel fine. Like you're like, oh, I can, I can play on this, but your leg's like dead. Like it's like, it's sapped. I think that's the best way to put it. It's like someone just took, took your leg and was like, I'm going to make it 50% weaker. And a lot of football players, especially in the NFL, are like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I've seen Rodney Hudson do this. I'm fine after two weeks. Okay, we'll put him back out there. And it's like, oof, you're like 40% of the player that we need you to be. And it's not their own fault. It's just it's just physics, unless you're Cam totally. Akers getting a It's a, a really Achilles tough injury. injury to come back from that quickly. It is. And it's, and it's also, and they that, split their time over there. So Floyd and Miller both played by 50% of their snaps over the right tackle. And that's a pain. Because you're going yeah. against two guys stylistically that are very different. You're always on edge the entire game, the way they're going to come after you. The I thought the Rams did a really good job last time of they're in that five-man front, even in passing downs, just to create a little bit of hesitance, right? Who's yep. coming? Yep. Which side is dropping? They were dropping those outside linebackers into the flat in some of those scenarios while blitzing on mm-hmm. third down. And Brady was just like, all right, I'm getting it out. And those guys are swallowing it in the flat. So just that little yep. bit of uncertainty in those moments based on which side is coming which side isn't i was kind of surprised that they were as willing to bring some defensive back heat in certain situations brady. against brady i mean then that helps with jalen being in the slot is that you can bring him as a blitzer they did it multiple yeah. times last time these two teams played brady was good against the blitz he always is right but it was an interesting thing that raheem morris felt comfortable kind of being that aggressive in those Feeling moments. So I, we'll see what happens. We'll see if they're like, all right, yeah. well, we feel okay doing that kind of stuff. Or they say, you're banged up. We have Von Miller now. We're bringing four-man pressures and stunts and twists and overloads yep. and just trying to get Aaron singled up on Alex Kappa as often as possible. Who He's yeah. not a bad player, but that's the weak link of their offensive line, right? Yeah, yeah, he's the he, yeah exactly. He's the weakness, and Aaron Donald has an advantage against anybody he goes against. So let's just find the one that like we can pop make this pop the most but yeah even you know even if like hey jensen's banged up he does such a good job like say jensen does like roll up okay it has to come out he does such a good job with their protections and helping sort things out for brady brady has a lot of say in it but they have such great communication but like you say like they brought those pressures the first time it's another thing to think about now with the backup centers in there and now brady has to do every single play communicate communicate over communicate hey i got backup right tackle i got backup center and okay hey we're, we're doing this we're doing this but it's just another thing that's on brady's plate okay now i'm on my backup backup receivers gronk's banged up i got no right tackle. it's just all this stuff that's going on a 44 year old's shoulders so it's like it those add up but that's why he's the goat is because he kind of doesn't really matter sometimes that <laughs> you can just kind of, oh yeah, whatever. I can just still perform with all this, but it's stuff that's adding up against this offense that it's going to make it hard on them. It, this, this is going to be a really fun matchup because it's, I really do think it's who's going to blink and is, is Morris going to also go, if he gets nickel and dime to death, go screw this. I, I'm bringing pressure. And then is Brady ready for it this time? Like that's, what's going to be fun. It's, it's, it's truly who blinks first and then who has the adjustment off of that. 
we may see the impact of future Chicago Bear Ryan Jensen in, in this game if he if he misses time. <laughs> this is this is part of my offseason Bears plan that we'll eventually get to is them signing Ryan Jensen in free agency. All right, receiver scouting and center scouting, like yeah. <laughs> Who is your X factor in this game? Cam Akers. All and, right, I like it. Yeah. I, uh, X factor for this one. I mean, because the stars, I didn't want to like just label, label star. Oh, Tom Brady. Uh, but no, <laughs> but for the X factors for like Cam Akers is just that, like I said before, the juice that he brought to that run game. If they keep going, if he's going to see legs back under him and he can keep performing have more reps and, and add those extra two, four, five, six, seven, eight yards on these runs that he can, because he can get to that second level so much quicker. I think that would just help out this this Rams team so much. It just make their lives easier. So I think Cam Akers because I uh, just trust them what their line does and trust what the run game does. I, you know, depending on Whitworth's health, but it's like I think they can get the blocks on these guys and get the angles and find the run play that's going to work for him. But now it's okay. It's it's blocked up for four. Can we create eight off of it, or are we just going to keep going whatever it's blocked up for? And I think that's what Cam Akers can do for the Rams offense. I'm going with the Buck safeties. Pick one. Whoever ends up lining up in those deep safety spots in their nickel looks, are those yeah. shot plays there? Can they take advantage of those again? Can they get two? They had them last last time these two teams played. They also, down near the, in the high red zone, they hit that bunch slot fade to cup this time. The same play they hit to OBJ against the Cardinals, they hit it to cup against the Bucks. Yep. So it's like, ooh, the, the Leo meme was like, I've seen that before. And so, where are those plays? Yep. Are those shots in that's certain areas of the field stuff. available they move to them? The different guys? Yeah. So I that's my that's what I'm wondering. Oh, you know, can those guys hold down those big plays? And can the again the Rams and McVeigh coming into this game? Does he know exactly how to manipulate some of those coverages and take those shots when it matters? I think those few big plays down the field could ultimately swing yeah. this. All right, very quick. It's a game of explosives. Like that's what it feels I, like. It's a game. I agree. It's whoever has the most explosives. <laughs> that's that's what this game feels like. The Rams will win if yeah, that running game keeps them on track. Stafford hits those big throws. He doesn't miss those opportunities, like you said, like they had in the first game. He did well, super well in the first game. He missed a couple of them though. There were plays but on he the still field missed that he a left there. Yeah, he did. He was especially with, oh my god, the one that Sean Jackson too, but. He doesn't leave any meat on the bone. Their defense is able to get after Brady. Brady took a lot of sacks last week. I, I mean, I, some of it was, hey, we're losing. Like, or I'm sorry, we're winning by so much. Let's not try to try and do anything. I'm going to turtle shell out. And Worf's but out hey, for most of the game. Yes. and But if he's on a high ankle sprain, whoever backup's in there, you know, now they have to chip help. Um, I, I think that's it. They can't get to the passing game that they want to. Um, their run game is not effective. Uh, like that keeps them on track. So they're facing a lot of third and longs. Now, do they help out with the right tackle? You know, all those types of things. It's a trickle down effect. And the Rams play how to the potential that they can play on offense and defense. Their stars take over and they just, you know, have a great performance on offense. They hit the shot plays, they run the ball. Yeah. That's how the Ram that's the Rams formula. It's let our stars do some work and let's have a good run game. I think it's if the Bucks can't get there with four which it might not happen. Their pass rush has yep. been banged up the entire season. They have struggled to do that. This pass rush is not the same dominant group it was during this stretch of last year. Maybe they find that tier. Maybe they find that gear to them right now, but they don't have it at this moment because those guys have been hurt. I think they take advantage of this the banged-up Bucks O-line, which it absolutely is, yep. and they take Evans out of the game. If they if they if if Ramsey can erase Evans, and when I say erase, I mean like, uh, six catches for 68 yards on 10 targets. Like yeah. that's the Evans stat line. I think the Bucks lose this game. The Bucks will win if what happens? 
like you say, it, Mike Evans goes nine catches on 10 targets and, and all that. But uh, they are able to get get through with the protection wise. The Bucks like hold up. Doesn't matter that they have it banged up. Tom Brady's still getting the ball out quick. He's able to nickel and dime them. Rams get out of their defensive shell and have to start bringing heat. Tom Brady's ready for it this time. Is able to just hit some bombs on them. They find they find some explosive. They find the runs that work for them in this game. They're able to take advantage of maybe some bad flow play, take advantage of the fronts that the Rams are playing, and then the Bucks defense gets a turnover. You know, they bring a blitz and it gets in there like that. But honestly, that's what Todd Bowles wants to do. He wants to create pressure. He wants to turn five turnovers. He gets one turnover, and I think the Bucks could win this game. My first note is the Bucks will win if they can bait Stafford into two big mistakes. That, that's yeah. it. I mean, I, th- I think if you can avoid those, if you're the Rams, I think, again, on paper, if you're looking at these matchups stylistically on both sides of the ball, I honestly think the Rams have an advantage. You know, the Bucs are a really, really good team, and we talk about styles make fights all the yep. time. And I think in this yep. particular instance, the way that they're set up and what these teams like to do, the Rams have an advantage. That being said, the other part of what happens if the Bucks will win? Tom Brady is you. He is playing at such a level. He is forty-four it's years insane. old. He is. He knows everything that you're going to throw at him. The yes. mental advantage he consistently has, combined with his physical ability being still as impressive as it's probably ever been, <laughs> he is a huge, huge, huge equalizer in these yep. moments. Even as things crumble around him, even if we like the stylistic matchup for the Rams on paper, he can make everything a level playing field with the way that he is playing right now. And I know that seems simplistic, but that is just how I think about it because I think you have to. Yes. We talk about, like, the line I always have, like, Mahomes about roster construction and everything is they, oh, it's the mouthwash makes everything better. But that's the same with game plans, too. It's every pass play has an answer, it's just that the quarterback has to find it. And And he knows all the answers. And he always finds the answer. And that's what's so remarkable about him in an offense that it's like his answers aren't just little four-yard throws. It's shit down the field. (laughs) And it's high lows, like hard, hard high lows where you have to go one, two, three and get to the three like quickly in in two seconds. That's what you say. He has all the answers. If he plays like Tom Brady can, and I'm sure he's pissed off. That's the thing about Tom Brady. He's the psycho competitor. He's reading all the. He <laughs> understands all these all these things we just talked about. Tom Brady's like, yeah, I know. Like, so does he have that little chip on his shoulder? He's like, yeah, I'm gonna put up 350 on these guys. Like, without all my guys with out. Scott with like, Scotty and Mike Evans. <laughs> Scotty Miller with 100 yards. Let's see it. He's it might have, like to he might have to be. Might have to see Scotty be. Miller with 100 yards based on all the injuries they're dealing with. Yep. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's get to our next one here. Bills at Chiefs. I'm I'm pumped, man. I'm very, very excited about this. I'm very excited to be there, excited to get to a playoff game this year. So kind of as we set the table here, when we lay this out, talking about how we got here, I want to talk about what's different about these teams now than it was in week five when the Bills won that game. Fairly convincingly, right? So you look at the Bills, their run game is much better and much varied now than it was back then. Something to take into account. Isaiah McKenzie, real player. So weird that we're talking about Isaiah McKenzie as like a big-time playoff contributor. I've always liked him, but here we are. Like He is absolutely a huge part of this game. The other thing I think is definitely worth mentioning, especially as we get into some of the details about how the defense for the Bills wants to play. Trey White played in the last time these two teams played. Mm -hmm. Now you sub in Dane Jackson for Trey White. Their defense has still been excellent, but the specific game plan they had last time, I think that losing your best cover corner and your most physical corner, all that stuff, could end up mattering. On the Chiefs' side of this, this game was the last gasp of Daniel Sorensen as a full-time player. <laughs> so this this was this, this was what turned cut the half or something like th- that. This is what turned the tide of, of Juan Thornhill coming back into the game. And if you watch that Emmanuel Sanders long touchdown, just the rocket shot that Josh yeah. Allen put up this the seam in that game makes sense. It, that that was the the nail in the Daniel Sorensen coffin as the full-time guy. <laughs> so Thornhill takes over full-time after this game. Chris Jones did not play the last yes. time these two teams played. Melvin Ingram was Ingram. not on the Chiefs last time these two teams played. <laughs> Different team. <laughs> they turned the ball over four times, including a fumble on a kickoff return. They have The turnover issues have swayed the other way. Lucas Niang played right tackle. He did not have a great day. Right. He is not the right tackle anymore. So this always happens, right, where yep. you have these different versions of different teams. But I think sometimes it's important to really step back. It's like, all right, I just watched that game over again. Why does that apply, and why does that not apply? Oh man, applies like the certain guys that like are still playing. But that's no. When I was watching the Chiefs' defense, it was just this doesn't have Melvin Ingram. This is entirely oh Chris Jones isn't playing. Like what? Like what? This defense? What no. is this? Like, they were I, bad. They that, this was in the stretch of the season where like is this the worst defense in the league? Is this going to ultimately bad. torpedo their chances? And then they like, then they had like a great six week run after that. I know, but that's oh, oh, that's what's so fun about this is that, like in basketball, there's only five starters, and then like especially in the playoffs, you play three guys off the bench. Okay, you know that it's eight guys on each team. There's eleven on each unit for each team plus the backup step. Yeah, man, I I host a football podcast five days a week. I'm aware of how many players are in the league. (laughs) Oh, that's like for me. It's very hard to keep track of all of them. Oh my god, Uh, like. Like Devin White, I just five minutes ago, I forgot his first name. I was just like White the linebacker. I've said I've known Devin White for years now. It's like that's that's happens to me. I'm just like, what what is these guys' first names? That's why I have to go nicknames sometimes. But when you're you just take some of those like schematic things to heart, like okay, this is what they were trying to attack. But then that's the thing. It was such a I would say wonky game, but it was like it really was. And rewatching it, I was kind of like, okay, how much I? It was like the Bucks, Bucks, uh, Eagles film last week, where you're just like, all right, this is kind of the same, but not really. So I don't know how much I'm going to take this. So I watched a lot of the last few weeks, especially the Bills' offense, because it's been so much fun to watch them with this new iteration of the run game. This is back when too, when we were there's some whispers about the Bills' offense, like, ooh, have they they're regressing? Like, ooh. Yeah. Like have they been? Able to, I know it's, it feels like five years ago at this point, but yeah, this is two 
totally different versions of like their units right now. And I think this Chiefs Chiefs offense is fine, kind of some of their flavors by going back to the basics a little bit. So yeah, I'm very, 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 very excited for this matchup. So we'll dig into the specifics. And before we do that, I you know, I like I like just kind of stepping back, like, all right, what's at stake for some of these teams in this game? With the Chiefs, we know it. You know, if this is this is their yeah. run. Like they're they're yeah. trying to get back again, you know, to the yep. Super Bowl for the third year in a row. The Bills, this is it. That this is what you built this team to do. You know, you made the moves this offseason, the ones that you did with this team, this opponent, and this moment in mind. I remember talking to Brandon Bean during training camp and just about how this game last year and how the Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the, the Bucks influenced their decision making. You know, the idea that like we need to get longer and more explosive mm-hmm. and more disruptive up front. Like these are the things we need to do to finish this thing off. And that's what this is. Like this game and this final stretch is the potential culmination of what is, in my opinion, an all-time great team-building job that the Bills have done. You know, I remember Brian Dable told me a story when I was writing about Josh Allen a couple of years ago. And when they got to training camp in 2018, it was Dable's first year there. Before the season started, like one of the first offensive meetings, he said, all right, everybody who was here last year, stand up. And it was like Deion Dawkins and Josh Allen. It was it. You know, they tore this thing down to the studs and started over again. And the way they've built the rebuilt the offensive line just by all yeah. of these dice rolls, right? Even a little thing like drafting Spencer Brown this year and bumping Daryl Williams inside and finding Ryan Bates. And it's been a consistent revolving door. Like Bobby Johnson deserves a lot of credit mm-hmm. for what that unit has looked like consistently, their offensive line coach. The little moments like that, the digs trade, like understanding like this is how we need to calibrate our pass catching group in order to get the most out of our quarterback, building the offense through the quarterback. This is it. Like you have one more year, Allen makes 16 million next year, and then it's 39, I believe, in 2023. Like this version of this team, the way it always is, it's a moment mm-hmm. in time. You, know, you only have these chances to be the most complete version of yourself for so long. And that's what this Bills team was supposed to be. And now they have to slay the dragon at the end. And these are those <laughs> moments, right? When you think yes. about the lifespan of any team and just the story of any team, you always have this. You always and have this big bad involved. Too. Yeah, Michael yeah. Jordan and the Pistons. But right? I was like, just thinking that. This yep, is yep. it. Like this, this is, is it. This is it for Josh Allen. This is a yep. I mean, it does not get better than this. Heavyweight fight, it's whatever stupid fucking cliche you want to use. <laughs> like we are here. And and that yeah. is the best part about this is that these are the games that are worth getting up for, man, because yes. it does not get better than this. All right. And and it's good versions, too. It's not, you know, yeah. I, I love the Bucks team, but it's like, oh, this is the 80% version of them, 75%. But it's like these two teams right now. Coming off last yeah. week, the, the yeah. performances they both had last week, it's like, oh, God, this is it. I know. Like, these it's, are... Uh, in that, horse racing, you, that you always look for a horse that it's their third time out. Like it's uh, so it's their third race of the season. It's like these guys are both on their third time out. Like they're in shape. <laughs> like they feel fresh and everything. I and honestly, but like I love watching this Bills defense because it's it's not the no name defense, but it kind it, it kind of is. But it's like it's who's so the many biggest star? Go- who's the biggest yeah. star? If you ask a person on the street to name a person on the Bills defense, the best defense in football this season. They would not be able to do it. Nope. 
Nope, they might get Ed Oliver. Like, because no, like, zero chance. College friend, who, who, what like, strangers are you talking to randomly? <laughs> it's not. It's not my uh, my circle of friends is uh, a lot of sports lovers. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's but honestly, it's this defense is you don't get built this way anymore. It, it's it it's hard. It's hard to have this many good players on one unit just because of salary cap, just because of hitting in the draft, hitting a free agency. So like you say, this is kind of their version of their window of this iteration of the team. And it's so cool, of course, what their offense is doing, the Bills, I mean, but just this defense too is just like, this is it's special in its own way and just like how it's constructed. And like you said, it's there's no stars. The safety's got the all pro tabs, but it's like, that's the writers and, you know, actually. That's us. You know, we, yeah, we know the safeties are good. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the rest of his team. It's like, that just doesn't happen these days. And it's really, really fun to watch this unit because they're so well coached. They're so smart. They play fast. And it's like, this is defense. This is like, this is real, real defense. This isn't gimmicky shit. And that's, what's really cool about them. So I wanted to, let's start, let's talk about the defense. It was funny while I was prepping for this. And when you go into these games, you know, you, you start digging into all of it. What are they going to do? You know, what, what are the game? What's the game plan going to look like? How are they going to do this? And with the bills, there wasn't that much that I really had to think about because I think we know, right? Yeah. So in week five, they aligned in light boxes and two high shells, according to Next Gen Stats, on 92% of plays, <laughs> right? So it's been 65 since 2000, since, yeah. 20, since 2020, the last few games they've played. It's been two high shells on 65% of plays against Mahomes, 44% against all of their quarterbacks for Buffalo. 90, okay. 92% in week five. They essentially said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to line up like this. Guess how many times they blitzed in that game? Oh, zero. Probably okay, Literally zero. They did not blitz one time. So we're going to line up in a two-high shell, and we are not going to blitz you, and that is going to be our approach. The only thing that was different, really, I mean, it, that was different in and of itself. Yeah. But the yeah. real tweak outside of just playing deep and having those sorts of shells and boxes, they played a ton of two-man. They played eight snaps of two-man in week five. They played 23 on the entire season this year, Buffalo did. So they lined up and were like, you know what? We're going to beat the shit out of you. That's how it's yeah. going to go. We're going to play too high all the time. We're not going to let you beat us over the top. But underneath, that is going to give us the freedom to be aggressive. And mm -hmm. that, to me, is where losing Trey White might show up. Because if you're going to try to be up there and beat people up, this is for a zone-heavy team, the most physical you can be as a secondary. Yes. I mean, that they, the way they dictate the style and the tone of the game as a zone-heavy defense, that's why when you look at them, it's like, why are they so good? You know, why is this team that runs nickel every single play, yeah. and they run they ran more dime against the Chiefs in Week 5, and they probably they run again. Like, they run, like, three coverages. Like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, why is this team so good? It's like, well, because their version of quarters does not look like your version of quarters. Yep. That's why it's different. They squeeze you. They yes. Squeeze the shit out of you. That's what so. They can do. they do that again? That's that's yeah. it to me. Like it, it's yeah. not that complicated. They're gonna line up in those light boxes. They're gonna line up in a two high shell. They're gonna play yep. a lot of two high coverages, whether it's two or four, and then they're gonna play yep. some man underneath it as a changeup and as a tone setter. So what do the Chiefs do? Like, I absolutely yep. would follow a very similar game plan to the one I followed last time. Exactly. My my blitz stat was uh, from Josh Cohen. He <laughs> he tweeted that. The Bills and the Chiefs, they've played each other in the last three times of 144 snaps. 
the Bills have only blitzed them nine total times of 144. It's, they're not going to blitz. Like we, I think we we we've seen a trend with how they want to do this. So I think with this Chiefs offense, I, I see uh, you see a lot of the overload stuff, the four by one concepts created because that if a defense wants to play balance, they want to play in cover six, they want to play in quarters. So it's create four by ones. How the Chiefs like to do it is go one by three with Kelsey as the lone receiver. Not always, but this is kind of their major. And then motion the back to the three receiver side. And they like to create the high lows. And I this is what I think that they're going to get to. Is I mentioned this concept before. Um, I was calling it spacing. It kind of is a spacing concept. But this concept that I really – because they've leaned into it in the second half of this year. This was like their favorite play in like 2019. I, I can vividly remember what, watching Chiefs, Broncos, I want to say week, week, or Chargers – like week 16 or week 17. And they ran this play like seven times. And <laughs> I'm telling you, because I was watching, it's like, oh, the, the the Chargers run a cover three because it was Gus Bradley. It's like, oh, this will have carryover against the 49ers. So in this concept, though, is you're going to have the two inside hitches and then you'll have an out uh, a bender or a dig. They like to run benders. I call it a basic dig for the Bucks version because that's more of a standard old school offense. Now what teams like to do is run like benders where it's fine grass, fine space. Chiefs do it well because they have good players. Ravens have good players too, but the Ravens try and find grass, quote unquote. It looks like shit. So it's right into each know, other. maybe some so maybe some coaching in there as well. But they run that and they they motion the back strong and they create a four by one concept. And what it does is it overloads a side to a defense. It creates a flood in the sense that in this way, it's a vertical flood with the high low and it's a horizontal flood. And they like to tag Kelsey on a route. And if they run two man, kind of hard. You got inside leverage. You're not really going to go to Kelsey. So are they going to find a throw against that? It gets quarters and six and two. This is a good concept because they have to push. You might create a high low. But the thing is, I watched teams try to run this against the Bills defense. They're, I've already mentioned this before. They're very freaking smart. So they know that concept gets after them. So what do the safeties do? They drive. If you look at the Bills. You saw that the first time these teams played too. They're so low, and that's what's crazy because they're so smart and aware. They can play at like 10 yards, and it, it's it's a cool defense. It really is a cool defense, but they drive on that. So now, okay, I know what you know, what I know, what you know. So now are they going to attack something vertically, them being the Chiefs? So I, I, I want to see how the Chiefs break this team vertically, how they get down the field. Is it Mahomes just creating stuff, extended plays out of structure? Probably, but do they have some of these concepts because – the Bills are going to be aware of how they're going to get attacked. I think it's like they want to squeeze you and they want to make you nickel and dime. I think the Chiefs are going to try and find some shot plays. And whether it's going to be play action, because it's, but this Bills defense is going to come down, their linebackers are going to come down, and the safety is going to come down. Is it going to be uh, uh, all these high lows where it's like a high, high low? Um, that's why I'm curious how they're going to get to it because, God, this Bills defense is great, and then the Chiefs have so much speed. But yeah, it's another styles make fights. Watching that game, the Week 5 game again, and watching Hyde and Poyer, I don't know if we'll see a pair, a safety pairing like them again in a really, really long time. And I, I say that for this reason. They are a distillation of why the Bills have been able to do this, right? They're free agents. Anybody could have had those guys. <laughs> right. And they signed them for like six, Not- seven million bucks a year. Yep. Totally reasonable contracts. And that pairing together has helped define the best defense in football. Yep. It, it is why they're able to exist how they exist because they're interchangeable. They can do anything you want them to do. Yep. They both Swiss have Army certain little strengths compared to the others, but 
for the most part, they can do everything. And that synchronicity between those two guys drives this defense. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they found those guys on the market in year one of this regime as they're trying to rebuild this thing, that's it. Like That is the vision for this team, especially on defense, explained with two guys. And <laughs> that's kind of fun. It's fun to see those guys being like, all right, this is why we are who we are. This is what could potentially take us where we want to go. That oh, that's awesome. Yeah, they're smart, tough, and versatile. I mean, that's what what they are. They're super smart, versatile, and athletic enough to make the plays. Like anyone can be smart in the NFL, and it's usually you have to be athletic enough to actually take advantage of that. <laughs> but uh, it, it's yeah, I, this Bills team, like just how they're constructed, they hit on draft picks. They, I mean, just all these free agent signs they've had. Even year one when Bean got there, he signed a lot of guys. I was like, I get that. The Andre Holmeses of the world, yeah. Where it's like, okay, yeah, yeah. they're built. They're getting a lot of football players, and and not just like height, weight, speed guys, and that matters. Um, on the flip side, I also want to. Uh, Nick Schwert had this uh, this tweet, and it's since week nine. You know, Mahomes' stats are in the second half of the year. <laughs> no, it's just just second in EPA per play, second in adjusted yards and attempt, second in passing yards, second in passing touchdowns in the second half of the year. So there's no there's no Mahomes struggles that that has happened. Even if it's not as sexy as maybe as a year ago or two years ago, it's like he's still Mahomes. And like that's what a defense always has to be terrified about. I want to see if they are really, really physical with Kelsey again because they did a really yes. good job of that in the first game. And that's how they play more dime. And if they play more dime because they don't they want to have those bodies out there, the Saran Neals being yep. able to cover Kelsey, you know, they, again, that's not what they want to do. They want to play nickel all the time. If they play dime and they try to get really physical, does this Chiefs offense with the running game looking like it does now say, if you want to play dime, we're going to grind you? Yeah. And, and does that an element of this? Because I feel like it has to be. Their run game, the Chiefs run game, same as the Bills, looks a lot better now than it did at the beginning of the season. With that line, with McKinnon now being sort yep. of a factor, so how does that play into it? I think is definitely something to watch. I, I want to say last year when they play in the regular season, they um, they there was the game that the Chiefs ran for over two hundred yards, hundred percent. Yep, that was the one time I, I've really see Andy Reid and and the enemy and all them go like, no, we're gonna pound the rock. Like they made it a mission in that game. So I'm curious if they kind of watch that film and go like, hey, what's that wasn't so bad, uh, and we got a little more speed with McKinnon than Ceh. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, let's get to the Bills' offense here against the Chiefs' defense. Oh, yeah. Josh Allen is a fucking problem. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I, oh my God. I, I mean, going back and watching that game again, both the Week 5 game and the wild card game, the, especially last week, damned if you do, damned if you don't for the Patriots. So against the Blitz last week, Allen, 7 of 8 for 100 yards and three touchdowns, 12.5 yards per attempt. His EPA per play would have been about twice that, of every other quarterback in the NFL against the Blitz this year. When not Blitz last week, 14 of 17 for 208 and two touchdowns. 12.2 yards per attempt, pretty much the same EPA. So what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do? And the thing, the number that jumped out to me while looking at that game last week, is his time to throw is 3.16 seconds when not Blitzed. That can't happen. Yeah. That cannot happen. 
in this game. If you let him out of the pocket, you are in a, you're in for a rough, rough day. And if you look at the way that the Chiefs have played him in the past and how Allen has played in the past, he's actually had issues when they've brought pressure. So it, he, when they've blitzed, he's actually averaged negative .34 EPA per dropback, 4.5 yards per attempt in the last few games they've played. When he hasn't blitzed, when they haven't blitzed, 3.5 second time to throw. Okay. So if they are going to bring four and don't get to him and allow him to get out of the pocket in this game, I think that's going to be a huge, huge problem. Oh, yeah. It's suicide. Is there any more like polar opposites to going from Big Ben film to Josh Allen film? <laughs> it's like <laughs> Big Ben versus the Chiefs defense. And I was like, okay, all right, that was fun. And then watching Josh Allen versus the Patriots, it's like, ah, oh, this is fun. This is great. This is, this is, a, but that's what's fun about film study. You see what you try to translate. Like, you're like, okay, how can I use this play? Okay, the Bills like that formation. Okay, I, let's see, like, how they played against it, like the Chiefs defense and everything. But, Spags brings pressure like he's going to bring pressure. It, it, it's it's in his blood. Um, even if he can't be, it doesn't matter if he runs cover zero against on third and 20 against the Bengals. Like he, it, nothing's going to scare him out of it. Like, but that's just what he does. It, it's, I just want to talk about like some of those, just one of the pressures real quick. Cause it was just like what he did sure. against the Steelers. And it was one against empty and Bill's like being an empty and how they did it. It was first and 10 Steelers ran stick weird. But out of empty, they uh, they had Nick Bolton lined up over the right guard. They really just had like a four down front, Nick Bolton, the linebacker, lined up over the right guard. And then they had the other two linebackers kind of like stacked because the Steelers were in base personnel. They spread it out out of that, so the Chiefs matched them in base. So the other two linebackers were kind of just hovering, you know, kind of like walking out, doing their own thing. They end up bringing both of the linebackers through the same gap, <laughs> which is – when when a pressure and a defense, they want to be gap sound. When they say that, it's one body per gap. Then when you see yes. that two gapping, this guy gets two gap. <laughs> so when you send two blitzers through the same gap, you're really, really fucking with the offensive line protection. But anyways, they had Nick Bolton run all the way to the field in this empty formation to cover number three. And on top of it, they had both of their corners. It was a, a palms coverage where the corners on the outside are trapping. So they're mm -hmm. anticipating the hot throw. This is the one that Big Ben almost threw right into the corner's hands. And it's like that, those types of pressures that he can just throw in there on a base down, not only on third down. It's like that is something that you're going to have to look for because that's been a weakness of this Bills offense was the offensive line protections. Bobby Johnson, but it's because of injuries a little bit. Bobby, they've really picked it up in this last month. Like they've really kind of honed in on how they're They've settled are. into their group. And I think another yes. key difference between this Always game helps. and last time, Deion Dawkins did not play well. He was still kind yes. of finding his footing. Right. He's playing excellent. You know, that Ryan yep. Bates is in there now. Like, that group is so much more solid than it yes. was the last time these two teams played. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, even just the last month of the Bills, O-Lions played so much better. Not just the run game, but just even sorting out protections and stuff. And that's how, and Josh Allen helps as well <laughs> to extend the plays. But the other thing I want, I'm curious to see is, is the Bills, they've kind of leaned away from, they're still part of their identity though, is some of those RPOs, I think you can really get after this Chiefs defense with them. Because it's just how they they play their fronts. They'll have both of the linebackers stacked in the box if you want to go spread against them. But then you have a slot guy that has plenty of room to work. A lot of these RPOs that the Bills run will run double slant RPOs. You can see Cole Beasley running it all the time. Now, imagine all that space to work. Him winning on the slant, that could turn into a 20-yard 20, 20 explosive. So I'm curious if they throw some of those RPOs. Those can be effective against the Blitz as well. Um, and then uh, this defense, too, like they'll run a little bit cover two, which I noticed that they sprinkled in. They ran Tampa two out of dying personnel, which will make a ton of sense against the Bills because of just 
older receiver talent. Yeah, you um, want to so eat that, that space up. Yeah. Yes, and just squeeze and make it hard on them. So I'm just curious is just how much Spags plays like Spags and how much he's just like, okay, I got to really game plan this. Because that, again, I've said this a million times on the spot. He's one of the best game plan coach. I have to come up with a game plan for this one game. What does he throw? What does he throw at the Bills that now it's not the regular season, it's in the playoffs? Well, that's the problem now is that the Bills, it, it seems similar. Obviously, right? When you can do more stuff, you become more yep. dangerous. And now yep. they can do more stuff. And that's yes. why it's hard to understand what you necessarily want to take away, right? Yep. Because they're doing so many things well. It's it's kind of funny. You go back and watch this, that week five game, and you see glimmers of what they eventually wanted to become. Yeah. Reggie Gilliam played 20 snaps in this game, I mean, it, which he did not do <laughs> for the most guy. part during the season. And so yep. I think part of the reason for that is the Chiefs will match in base yep. if you play that 21 personnel. So the yep. Chiefs had 28 snaps of base personnel in week five with Gilliam getting all that run. Allen against base personnel in that game, seven of 10 for 111 yards with an dot of 11.5 and a very gaudy EPA. So they're, one of their thoughts Next was, we're going to put them yep. in base and then we're going to play action shot you to death. Yep. And oh, yeah. I could see them doing the same thing because it dovetails with what they are right now. They yep. want Gilliam on the field. So if you can get them in base again, and Willie Gay was, you know, we'll see what his status yeah. is. He was arrested earlier this week. I mean, there are elements to that version of the Chiefs defense that you might be able to take advantage of. And then similar to that, the Bills are still 31st in run defense success rate. Like This is not a good run defense. Mm -hmm. So if you feel like we can get in base, we can run the ball with this varied run game we have now, and the shots we can take off of it, we'll take advantage of them lining up in heavier personnel. I mean, I feel like that is a solid foundation to their game plan the same way it was the first time these two teams played, even if Absolutely. the personnel was slightly different on both sides of the ball. Absolutely. And that's always been a line of thinking against any uh, blitz-heavy team, especially modern blitzes. Actually, Todd Bowles and Spags are very similar in this in this regard, is you get base personnel on offense, make a match with base, Okay, let's keep them nice and basic. <laughs> let's just let's not have to worry about pointing things out. Oh, you only have to worry about maybe a safety pressure. But that's why that one empty pressure was so interesting for me to see. It was like, oh, they had something out of base. Like, okay, okay, all right, well, all right. That's a new. That was something new. I mean, not new, but something they're leaning into a little bit. So that's why I'm curious. It's like, okay, they're gonna have if they want to play base offense. What does Spags do off his base defense? And also that keeps Sorensen off the field too. So that, that's probably always helpful for the Chiefs. All right, X factors. Who's your X factor? Melvin Ingram. Uh, I had the same it, one. I, I have two yeah. more for each team. Melvin Ingram was mine for the nice. Chiefs. Oh, man. It's, I mean, didn't play in the first matchup. Like you said, if the Chiefs live in a less pressury world, I don't think they will totally, but just a less, just a little bit to dial that knob down a little bit. He has to win up front. Him and totally. Chris Jones have to win. They just have to. Otherwise, and also, he's, he's playing over the dead. right tackle. You keep Allen in the pocket. So his yes. role in this game Dang. is so, so important. Yes, push the pocket. Don't get greedy. Like that's what he has to do. Because uh, I think so many guys get greedy against these rushing quarterbacks. Like I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get the sack. Oh shit! There he goes. <laughs> and there comes the ball going 50 yards over our heads. Yeah, but Melvin Ingram's gonna have has to have a huge, huge game, run and pass game. If the Bills get frustrated, they Dable, Dable can get away from the run like pretty quickly if it's not working for him, which makes sense. But if he just can push him, make it wreck that, make it a hard day for him, that's gonna help as well. Think about how many times we saw Ryan Bates pulling last week against New England. You need to blow those up, and that's another Melvin Ingram play. They like yes. running. They like running those plays to the right with 
moment with Dame, with Ryan Bates pulling to that side. So if Ingram is the guy they leave unblocked on those plays, can you cave that side in? So yeah. and then we didn't mention this yet. I mean, the Josh Allen running effect needs to be mentioned. Oh, yeah. Them, yes. that's one of the other differences now between what they were then and what they are now is they're willing to use him on design runs in all of these different situations, and mm-hmm. it has benefited them. So my other it's X great, factor, it's great stuff. <laughs> it, it, it's it's huge. I mean, it is a cheat yeah, code. It, it is. It, it's, it's a cheat code. Yeah, it's that's the final Infinity it. Stone. It, it, everything else comes together when you drop that element into the it, game. It's so funny watching him and Kyler run the same run concepts. But Kyler, it's like, do, do, do. he gets his first down, he runs out of bounds. Josh Allen's like trying to like run over and hurdle guys. It's like, yeah, this is a different flavor. <laughs> so my other X factor in this game is just the combination of Taron Johnson and Dane Jackson. Taron Johnson played so well against Tyreek last time these two teams played. When he's in man coverage in Tyreek, his movement skills, he's an underrated player, period. Yeah. He's been really good for them. Obviously, they extended him. He's been a fine for them in the fourth round. But his ability to kind of stick with Tyree Kill in some of those moment in some of those moments is going to be really important. And then Dane Jackson, if they're going to line up Kelsey in those three by one sets against zone, can he beat up Kelsey in the same way that a Trey White would be able to? Not beat up, but match Kelsey's physicality in a way that mm-hmm. some corners cannot. So those two guys, I think, end up becoming huge parts of the Bills' success on defense if that happens. Yes, absolutely. All right. You want to get to picks? Yeah, let's do picks. All right. Let's start with Bengals-Titans. What you got for me? Just by the way, you – so just laying this out. You are down by 12 now, okay, it's after last good. week. You, got, you and Shield both got your locks, but he got one more game than you. So you were down yes. by 12 points. I should have You just literally – you literally need to now you need to get all of yours right over the next two yeah. weeks. He needs to get all of his wrong and then you guys will be tied going into the Super Bowl. So you don't know what his picks are. If you pick any of the same games, it's yeah, over. I know. Or any, I know. And, and yes, any of the same picks. So now over. we have a game theory shit going on. So yeah. do you want me to lay out his picks and then you can change yours if you want to? Uh, no, I'll, I'll just go. I'll just go. All right. Because uh, okay. I, I changed one of mine last week and I shouldn't have and I'm still regretting right. it. So I'm uh, yeah. I, I, just for the record, I am above 500 for the year. Just our point system has <laughs> really wrecked me. me. <laughs> uh, but anyways, my first game, we're going to go chronological order. We're going to go Titans minus three and a half. There you go. The so you're one for one. You still have a shot because he went with okay. Bengals plus three and a half. Okay. Okay. We already had we had a whole beautiful show about this uh, earlier today. So if you guys want to listen to that show, you can listen to our preview for that. Uh, all right. Next game. Next Saturday game. Packers minus five and a half hosting the 49ers and i'm making this my he did i'm making this my lukewarm lock all right okay all right making this my lukewarm lock okay okay i just jimmy gene the cold he's banged up i could also just see the 49ers running all over the packers who knows it's i I think that's gonna be an awesome game all these gonna be awesome games all right now we're going sunday morning i'm gonna go rams plus three at the bucks that's his he is taking the bucks and they are his lukewarm lock of the week. okay so that is potentially a huge swing Okay, let's let's go. You know, Rams. Here's what we'll do. Maybe we'll manipulate this and throw a couple of props in for the Super Bowl to keep this interesting. I like that. So it's that. not over. It's not over yet. Not over yet. It's not like over this. yet. Especially with you. the Bucks being his lukewarm lock, that could be a huge swing. All right, last I love game. you encouraging this. Last one. I'm going Chiefs minus one and a half. Not. I could see this game. And going. he has the Bills. He, so we're you guys are opposite sides of three of these. Perfect. I can see this game going a million different directions. I went back and forth on this, but getting Mahomes and less than minus three, getting a minus one and a half at home. 
got to go with it. But that's not knocking the Bills at all. Like I could see this going either way. I think the Bills are a fantastic team as well. So kind of a win-win <laughs> in, what in that a weekend, regard. Man. What oh, a weekend. I know. Uh, three I know. games within three and a half points and you know the Packers Niners game, even if the spread is a little bit bigger, it's still yeah. a great matchup. I mean, yeah. You can see it going both ways. That's what's so cool. Yeah. It doesn't get any I can better see than this. all the storylines. I could see any storyline coming from any game. That's awesome. That's what's fun. All right. Really appreciate you guys sticking around with us through these two episodes. I, I love digging into these games. I mean, we're in the thick of it now. You know, this is it. These are the, the biggest moments of the year. This is what matters. You know, we've come to this point. We might as well, as I said last night, just make a meal out of it. <laughs> like, oh, oh, oh. That's, and you know what? That's fine. I, I, yeah. I feel very okay doing that. We're on appreciate, our fifth course. <laughs> you guys, appreciate you guys listening. Again, we will not have a Saturday recap show this week, unfortunately. But Sunday night, we will have a show. After Bill's Chiefs is over, we will hit all four games as part of that show. Highly encourage you guys to come check that out. I will be in Kansas City, so just fresh off whatever, getting my eyebrows singed off while watching those two guys go at it, which I'm really looking forward to. So please come back and check that out. Please listen to the Football GM with Mike Sando and Randy Mueller tomorrow. Highly encourage you to do that. If you have not listened to the draft episode with Dane Brugler and Lance Zerline, that is available in the feed from this week. They will be coming to you every single Wednesday through draft season. Great job by those guys. Super excited to have them. In the meantime, please rate and review the podcast on your podcast platform of choice at the end of the year. If you like the show, we'd love to hear from you. Please subscribe to The Athletic, theathletic.com slash football show. That's all we got for today. Enjoy the games this weekend. Enjoy the best football weekend of the year. We'll talk to you guys later. This was The Athletic Football Show.